0: And one of theirs to the morgue. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy.
1: A paradigm shift. They missed a fucking extra point. No is fucking Pfizer, untested COVID asshole. Welcome back to Missing the Marks, a podcast where two friends give their takes on some of the biggest happenings in wrestling week to week with a more specific breakdown of AEW Dynamite Rampage uh, and this week, Battle of the Belts. Uh, As always, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Nate the Great. Nate, how is the Sunday treating you, my guy?
0: Dude, the Sunday's pretty good. I woke woke me up a little bit early, and one of my friends wanted to go get breakfast. Ran some errands, did some shopping, bought some plushies from uh, this pretty good store nearby I haven't been to, but it was pretty awesome. They had some good anime comics and all that fun stuff, and it's going pretty good. Now I'm just going to sit here, you know, talk to you for a bit, go to the gym, come back. Uh, you know, watch some f- footies ball and uh, wait for Righteous Gemstones and Attack on Titan to come out. Hell
1: yeah, baby! Good Sunday, good Sunday. Mm-hmm. We got God. There's like there's like ten games on today. I God, this Sunday's packed with football. But before we move on, that uh, I am also one half of your host of Missing the Mark, Kyle Salas. And before we start today, I do want to remind you you can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all other podcast services around the world uh we have a jam-packed episode today there is there was so much wrestling going on this week i was awake at like four in the morning watching it live from japan there was aew three times or i guess technically five times this week uh impact had hard to kill uh wwe's making some more waves with uh good and bad things as always as we're used to uh but before we get into that it is time for NFL playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. And I am – God, I I hate the anxiety of playoffs. I don't know how it's going to go down. But, I, don't even, I don't even
0: know if the Cowboys are going to play the Eagles. So, so is, oh. long story short, I'm a Cowboys fan. I also like the Steelers because my dad's a huge Steelers fan. I grew up watching both teams. But I've had to pick Cowboys and C-Cow, Cows and Eagles fans. So we, meet, we might be on opposite ends of the spectrum. We might have our own little long uh, fantasy booking going on, fantasy football charade thing
1: hey baby like the philadelphia eagles say we all we got we all we need and i have done i've done the the nfl football math so if san francisco wins today uh if carolina wins today and if seattle wins today that is the only way that uh philadelphia and dallas will play in the wild card matchup uh, okay after so that-
0: i was expecting the cowboys to play like the cardinals again in a rematch I don't think they
1: play the Rams. Yeah, uh, I think I think all I think the the, the greatest odds we have, we might play either the Chargers or we might play uh, Tampa Bay. So I mean I'm fine with whooping Brady's ass again. That's fine. I can we the Eagles got that. Nah, uh, no, you don't got the rest- oh. goals, baby. You don't you got the,
0: you no, don't hey. got the Philly special. The Philly special. Uh, hey.
1: Listen, we rested our we rested our starters yesterday. It's the only reason my family was trying to talk a bunch of shit to me in the, in the family group chat, saying, oh, look, fifty-one twenty-six, 26 agami, first, first unique score uh, of, the, of the year, I guess. And I was just like, listen, we're, we're sitting out our homies, just because, you know, I know y'all aren't used to going better than 8-8, eight and eight, and this is kind of new territory for y'all in so many years, and decades. So, you gotta think championships,
0: not just the game, baby. The Cowboys haven't made it past the divisional round and <laughs> I don't know how long.
1: So uh
0: you know, I was complaining to my friend yesterday, I was like, Why are these why are they like starting Zeke and like Dak and everybody? He was like, they, they need to stay warm, like they're not confident to give them a rest week and for them to come in and play a playoff game because they're gonna be cold. And I was like, Look, you are just risking injury. I mean, Zeke's already like two hundred pounds overweight, you know, he can't run up the catch. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. You know, God, I, I, I have I have problems with Zeke this season, okay. I just I don't think he's I don't you know Got Tony. I'm, I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm on a Tony Pollard bandwagon, bro. The Tony Pollard fan club headed by me. Okay. And I got a lot of Cowboys fans that agree with that. And uh, we have proof. And, uh, you know, that's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, but uh, anyway, also, you know, NFL football. I just want the steak and lobster. We get the steak and lobster. It's going to be great, dude. Uh, Cowboys get to the Super Bowl. We get the steak and lobster. And it's all good. I don't think I don't think
1: it's going to happen as much as much as I believe in the Eagles. Uh, like, rationally, I don't know if the Cowboys are going to make it because, I mean, goddamn, do they have a history of choking when
0: it matters? Uh, so does Aaron Rodgers in the NFC game. So we'll see you. the NFC championship game. So we'll see what happens. Okay? <laughs> there's a lot of stake. There's a lot of stakes at stake.
1: Everything. Everything changes when he gets to the playoffs. It's, it's always a different beast. Fucking season don't matter. And the season doesn't matter once you get in the playoffs. Everyone kicks it up exactly uh, i don't i don't know season. i don't oh god i'm gonna be biting the shit out of my nails what little i have anymore i'm Please, probably gonna uh, go watch uh, the
0: game with some fam my, my pops if it, i hope it's on a saturday if it's on a monday i'll be so pissed speaking of sports and football um i'm watching the stream right now from a, a youtuber that i really like watching his name is urinating tree kind of edgy i know but he's got some great football content he's not paying me to do any of this i just think people should go watch him he does a weekly recap called this week in Sportsball. where Goes over everything that happened in football, and he also talks about hockey and baseball. Really informative channel. Memes, uh, you know, he's my favorite yinzer next to Britt Baker. And if you don't know what a yinzer is, it's what pit- people from Pittsburgh call themselves. Uh, from my understanding, it's not, uh, you know, it's not a bad term or anything. It's just I was about stuff. to say
1: it sounds like a
0: slur, honestly. No, no, I, I, my understanding you it's know, not fucking a slur. yinzer? I don't think it's a slur, a slur at all. Uh, from my understanding. No.
1: Uh,
0: yeah, so used to identify with blue collar people from Pittsburgh region who spoke with a heavy Pittsburgh accent. No, no, I don't, think, I don't think I don't think so. I mean, this guy this guy talks about it all the time, and then Brit, I think even Britt Baker talked about it one time too. Being a Yinzer. yeah, but Pittsburgh.
1: Is, is it? But is it also one of those things where like they can say it, we can't?
0: I don't think Yinsur is offensive to my knowledge and stuff. If it is, if it is, I apologize. I didn't mean it in a bad way or anything. It's just this is what this guy does. You know, this is he's, he's a white dude from uh, Pittsburgh. Talks about himself like you know when he gets pissed and he yells at the Steelers. He's a big Steelers fan. He's you know he talks about how he goes into Super Saiyan Yinzer mode. It's funny. It's great. I love watching this man. Uh, anyway, how's Cobra Kai? How'd you finish? How'd you like Cobra Kai? Oh my God, dude. Okay, so
1: so I I waited with bated breath. You know, last week we talked about we had watched you know all eight episodes so far saving the last two because there was the you know the 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 climax of the season the 51st under 18 all valley karate tournament and my god how is cobra kai so good after four seasons with the premise of just karate holy shit from from them bringing back the callback of the blue and yellow mats because that was such a big like change for the for this tournament to the committee board like going to a vote of no confidence for one of the guys for like the lead the head committee member uh Mm -hmm. to carry underwood coming out and putting on the best 80s fucking karate tribute like montage nice dude no oh my god when she came on stop when
0: she came on stop singing when she started singing i was like okay i don't care about this and then like i saw the clip montage and i was like okay whatever it could stand but i i didn't really care they should have put on uh you're the best. Uh. I I, I I didn't
1: care about Carrie Underwood, but it was just such a surprise because I mean this show has gotten Elizabeth Shoe. It, it re-signed like William Zabka and Ralph Macchio, and now they get Carrie Underwood, and then and then they go into the '80s inspired montage, and I love '80s movies. I love all the cheesy montages, the crossfading, the 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 snap zooms like Sam Raimi's Spider Man movie. This 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 killed it. This killed everything. Between the awesome fights, between Robbie realizing that Larusso's kid was the bully, and how it's like on the it's it's all flipped now. The good guy's son is the bad guy, and it it God, this tournament was so great. This tournament arc was so great. Tournament arcs in anything in any medium are awesome. I love tournaments. Uh, Hawk gaining the confidence back, knowing it wasn't just the hair, and he used miyagi doe and cobra kai to to get the win off of robbie after he got disqualified in the first season god what a what a climax terry silver is like playing 10d chess while fucking crease is over here fumbling his checkers because he's in the retirement home he's in shady pines god so good i can't i i don't know where season five is gonna go i don't know how much uh johnny lawrence is gonna be involved since he's got to go to mexico to get his to save his son miguel but holy shit it's god i love cobra kai i need season five asap
0: terry silver's the smartest man in the valley he's actually one of the only good things about california right now because they're, they're that poor state's going through a lot man you go high taxes wildfires drought a bunch of snow so, I'm glad Terry Silver's out there in California, you know, making things a little bit better by bringing Cobra Kai. I was on Team Terry Silver. I was on Team Cobra Kai. What the fuck? Mo- shut up. I was on Team Cobra Kai most of the season. You <laughs> shut up. Sam <laughs> Sam was a... Sam was a- she- <sighs> L- listen, this is Look, what I no, 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 no. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> you
1: listen, because you're going to badmouth LaRussos. Listen, listen. This is what it's like when you get a little bit of power, and it's real. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not. It's not like the '80s where everything's black and white and you're good or you're bad. No, no everyone's no, weird. No, no, no. Everyone's this complex. is what
0: happens. This is what happens when you're 17 years old and you drive a Mercedes and you're trying to lecture someone who has to take care of her mom, who has you no, know, who's basically the breadwinner in high school and trying to be an adult, and you're over here making her life hard, and you're over here driving around a Mercedes and you're over here acting like a snob. Sam was trash. <laughs> Tori started so much shit. What are you talking about? Tori, Tori, Tori just knows what it is, dude. She knows what the deal is. She knows what's going on out there. Larusso don't. Sam don't. Yeah, and guess what? Tori fucked around and she found out. No, no. Yeah, Sam you, you want to be in the now, now no. Sam? Now, 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 Sam don't. You know, she she got all these problems. She's all emotionally, mentally traumatized and stuff because she don't know how to deal with with the streets like Tori does. Shut,
1: shut up. <laughs>
0: Oh, come I was, I was, Steve, I was team man. You know, this this chick, this girl, this person lecturing, lecturing portory from a Mercedes, like, hey! like you, you, like, it's like, it's like when Ricky Gervais was at the Golden Globes talking to all the people in Hollywood, basically telling them, like, if you get your word, come up here and don't make your political speeches, don't say anything because you are in no position lecture the general public about anything y'all don't know anything about the real world y'all have less time in the in the real world than Greta Thunberg and uh you know if you get your board, <laughs> come here shut up thank your agent and an f off like that that that's that's Ricky Gervais is, is Tory to me and uh Sammy Sam is the Hollywood elite that he was just you know trashing on and it was great all team, of these
1: characters are so layered. I love I love everything. Don't be Team Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai's the bad guys. Don't be Team Cobra Kai.
0: No, they, 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 they just did they, they what the world needed at the time. You're what willing to sell
1: out your values from some sick shoes and a water tumbler, huh?
0: Me? No, I'm not going to sell my values for anything. I just, I'm just saying, you know, I can understand. I understand the perspective. Listen, I understand. You had it. a
1: fucked up take last week when you said that Johnny Lawrence is the Karate Kid. He right? is karate I ain't, kid. I'm thinking that you ain't having kid. any more fucked up. Yeah, takes. he is the Karate the Kid.
0: When you. When you are, you know, sold down in your life that you drive listening to foreigners' head games, that's that's a real man right there. Not the drunk driving part. You, you know, if you got caught, you should have gone to jail, and that should have ended the series right there. But that 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 man spoke to me. He spoke to everybody because that was a man Listen, who just
1: Johnny just, Lawrence in the first movie fucked around and also found out.
0: No, no, that's it's just so one, that's just one perspective. That's one perspective mm-hmm. that you know. Wasn't right, it was wrong, it was garbage. So, trash. when he
1: goes up to bully Daniel on the beach because he's an abusive boyfriend to Elizabeth Shue, you think that that's the wrong perspective? What the fuck what are you was, talking about? He wasn't
0: about? abusing anybody, did, he did broke, you not? Did you not? Did you not listen to the this when he was telling Miguel was going I said he wasn't perfect, okay? I said he wasn't perfect. <laughs> <laughs> perfect but you go go back and watch the episode where he's talking about why he saw daniel was like you know as the is the butthead and it's like okay right. there's, you know there's two three sides of every story that's side a side b and the truth okay i just Listen. i just happen to think that you know johnny wasn't you know some he, did he do everything perfect no was he an asshole at times yeah but i just happen to think that you know there's was, there still was some miscommunication there you know that it wasn't all his fault
1: johnny lawrence back in the day was just a little insecure beta male all right He wanted to break boomboxes, lash out, he wanted apparently threatened to use karate to fight on the beach, and then he fucked around and he found out at the karate tournament, okay? No, he's not the karate kid. He's always gonna kid. be my boy ralph macchio
0: he's a karate kid shut up no
1: you daniel's don't, you don't Tom, know what you're talking about you don't even know me you, you don't All even right?
0: know what you're talking about no you're not you're not gonna action bronze me okay you don't deserve <laughs> to action bronze me. okay oh it's, it's not happening it's not gonna happen no no.
1: Uh, no yeah you're not you're not you're not allowed to have any more bad takes on this show on behalf uh, of no World. there's no
0: there's there's no such thing as a bad take coming out of my mouth okay
1: I'll give you your biggest bad take that you like Attack on Titan. That's a bad take.
0: Oh, hold up, hold up. I, well, I don't want to get into spoilers here. Okay, here's 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 five. Here's a five-second window. I'm going to start talking about Attack on Titan. This is going to get spoilery. I'm going to talk about the end of the manga in, oh, in context. Oh, God. Oh,
1: and no. And so
0: here you go. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, if you're still listening, sorry, sucks to suck. Uh, The ending wasn't the best, okay? I had some issues with the ending. The writing fumbled the bag at the end. Overall, though, I thought it was a good manga, but the ending kind of left the sour taste in my mouth. The, the the anime is pretty pretty good. I really like the anime, but I'm just really not looking forward to how that ending is going to go. I'm kind of scared. I'm a legit kind of scared. Yeah. There's a
1: part of me, because I, I have some friend groups who are, like, convinced that this is, like, the greatest anime of all time. No, it's not.
0: It's not. It's and
1: not. and there's a part of me that wants to just be like, man, fuck you. Like, I, let me just give you the spoilers. But I'm not like that. I don't like spoiler culture. It sucks. I almost got spoilered at Endgame back in the day and I would I was gonna fucking screech my head off tear you my ears off and just... shit. people also need to shut the fuck up when they're walking out of the theater and there's a line for the next showing people need to stop doing that shit get to your cars go fuck off to your little house or your apartment go talk about it there uh what are we talking about attack on tide yeah it's it's trash I've always thought the show was trash mediocre garbage uh the first season is intri- like intriguing uh when they do when, when there's a whole because i read the manga and there's a whole like 10 chapter arc where it's literally just talking in politics and it sucks and it's stupid the cg looks really bad in most of the anime especially during the kenny levi fight uh it's trash uh aaron Yeager is the worst person in the world uh trash two out of ten anime aaron
0: there can't be any racism if there's no races <laughs>
1: <Yeager>. <laughs> i am excited to see the rumbling animated that's going to be that's going to be pretty oh, 100 cool.
0: i'm excited to see that this is so, oh,
1: when it when it ends on that panel of uh aaron being in the titan form saying he's going to destroy the world that's a cool panel i can't wait to see animated too
0: that's gonna be very spicy, okay? There's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna be like, Daniel LaRusso should have been in should have had the founding titan. <laughs> and now I'm gonna be like, no, no. Just can't let things. No, no, go no, no, things. no, 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 no. Actually, let me take that back. They're gonna be like, they're gonna be like, Why is Daniel LaRusso doing it? <laughs> Daniel LaRusso right now is Aaron Yeager, okay? Johnny Lawrence is uh, you know, he wouldn't he wouldn't be doing this if he had the founding titan coordinates, okay? Johnny Lawrence wouldn't know how to handle it. He wouldn't know how
1: to handle it. As soon as Aaron Yeager turned fucking psycho war criminal, mass homic, like genocidal murder machine, he
0: instantly became Johnny Lawrence. What are you talking about? He became Johnny Lawrence, bro. What are you you talking about, bro? You don't even know me, bro. What are you talking about, dude? Johnny. No. (sighs) Baby, what is he doing, baby? What are you doing, baby? Listen,
1: all I know is it show sucks. It's going to end flat, and people who think it's the best thing right now are going to be very disappointed, and I'm kind of excited to see the disappointment set in.
0: You see, you just want to watch the world burn, bro.
1: Listen, watch a good anime like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. They're animating Stone Ocean right now. Y'all aren't even ready.
0: Uh, it,
1: it pops off.
0: JoJo's garbage Avengers. Uh, stupid.
1: Yeah? That's the best you had? Try again. Yeah, I'll, give you, uh... I'll give you three seconds to think of a better one.
0: <laughs> JoJo's Trash, trash.
1: You're Cody Rhodes. You're like Cody. Jo-Jo. Can't cut a decent promo, kid. Jojo poo poo. <laughs> <laughs> Do you watch Jojo? I've never. I don't know. If I've ever talked to you about Jojo.
0: No, because I don't watch garbage, bro. You ah! watch Attack on Titan. What? You, what the fuck? I was kidding. I was kidding. Uh, Jojo's on my list. Okay, I, but I'm aware of it.
1: So you haven't started, but you like you're aware of it.
0: I'm aware of it.
1: Fuck, watch it. It's me and it's my third my eye are, are,
0: are looking at everything right now. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're the flat the the third eye you got from uh, uh fucking uh Kyrie Irving. That's who that's who mm-hmm. it was.
0: Mm-hmm. Mr. Part time, Mr. Flat-tonia. Big Chest uh, Mr. Big Chess is Antonio Brown, so what whatever about him.
1: Oh god, Antonio Brown had a meltdown. <laughs> Oof.
0: Oof. Oof. ah
1: You ever quit a multi million dollar contract in the middle
0: of a game? Part I, I feel uh, part of me feels really bad for him, man. I think he like I think he's seriously experiencing a lot of CTE or something like that. Acting, acting that irrational there's got to be something going on there but i don't know that's not my place to say or speculate or whatever i shouldn't even say anything after that or at all but i hope all that situation gets resolved yeah that say. was
1: a uh, that was yeah that was some wild sunday football but that sunday or was that monday i can't remember so many things happened this week
0: cobra guy uh by the way do you remember how i talked about a couple of episodes back i talked about Def Leppard. yeah okay you wanna know we wanna know the song at the end when uh you know, but going back to Cobra Kai's spoilers, if you haven't watched it. Okay, five, four, three, two, one. When Chosen showed up at the end, and that's that, that heavy metal song played. That's Def Leppard, baby. Yeah, that's, sure a is, Def Leppard. that's a Def Leppard. That's the Switch 265. And if you play Bringing on the Heartbreak and you let it keep playing as the next song in the album switch two sixty five, and at the end of the end of Heartbreak. On the heartbreak that uh you know they starts playing to the song that's freaking good that that album and uh, on through the night that's when Def Leppard knew how to rock and they weren't afraid to rock yeah they had that one ballad but that ballad was good and then they made Pyromania and I'm just like oh, come on man like I like it <laughs> but it's just not it's not the rock that I needed but that very- that moment when they brought the rock when chosen showed up I popped. that was the loudest pop I've ever had
1: I'm very excited for chosen because I. I am a big fan of Miyagi Do Karate, but I'm ready to see the, the offensive side, the, the secret scrolls of Miyagi Do. Oh, but you he... know
0: who's you know who's been offensive this whole time? Johnny mm. Lawrence.
1: Shut up. And,
0: and now God. you know, now just mm. suck, mm. mm. suck him off a little harder, bro. Suck him mm, off a little harder, Kyle. Mm. <laughs> looks like what looks like what the you know, Chosen's gonna teach everybody is how to kick a little ass. What's, oh my what God. Johnny Lawrence so, has been trying to say this whole time, baby, he's the actual listen. karate kid. You just proved my point. Thank you. No, no more. We have no more Cobra Kai takes. There's never no more. Okay. No, no more Cobra, okay. Kai, no takes more Cobra, takes Cobra Kai takes. You just proved my point. you? Thank you.
1: You made my day. All right.
0: All right.
1: Anyway, no more Cobra Kai takes. But you made my day. some of the funniest. I love out of touch Johnny day. moments. You made my day. Out of out of touch Johnny Lawrence moments in this show are so hilarious to me, uh, especially when. Uh, uh, he recruits the new girl from the de- the debate team, and she's like, "What about gender fluid?" He's like, "Yeah, fluids are important in karate. Got to keep hydrated." <laughs>
0: yeah, very, I agree, hundred percent. Very important. Got to stay hydrated. You got to make sure your fluids are up. Uh, you know, so you know that way you could have steady stream and you don't have to sit down when you pee or something, whatever. Uh, Johnny Lawrence is a, is a national treasure, bro. He's a he's a real karate kid. Oh, what
1: did uh, what did he say about Miyagi? Uh, oh, Daniel was teaching a Miyagi, though. And, you and couldn't he said, no be there. He said, yeah, no be there. Yeah, you couldn't help this man with his
0: English? <laughs> <laughs> like I said, Johnny Lawrence, national treasure, baby.
1: Uh, the only Easy. pronouns in this dojo are sensei and student.
0: Mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Smart man. I love it. Very insightful. You know, the mind of Johnny Lawrence is, uh, should be analyzed, okay?
1: Uh, I already yeah. want to rewatch Cobra Kai. This man's a, a big brain a, boy. What a nice viewing. This man's a biggie brain boy. I guess we should talk about wrestling, huh? At some point.
0: Yeah, this is. uh, uh, I don't know, man. I was having fun not talking about wrestling. I was having fun talking about Johnny Lawrence. We need to have a podcast about Johnny Lawrence. (laughs) This is gonna be me talking about why I think you're dumb, and why Johnny Lawrence is.
1: Joking on me about Johnny Lawrence.
0: Hey, baby, you know (laughs) what it is.
1: Let's get on to some wrestling news because, like we said at the top of the show, a big week for wrestling. There was so many events you had new japan putting on wrestle kingdom you had of course the five showings of aew this week with dark elevation dark rampage dynamite and a saturday special battle of the belts uh wwe made some announcements for the royal rumble that kicked everything off uh there was a the new champion in NXT that's signifying basically the end of the black and gold era of NXT. The final nails in the coffin of that. Impact had a pay-per-view last night, hard to kill. It's been a big week, a lot of news, but uh, I do want to start off with WWE because on Monday, I believe it was Monday or Friday, I can't remember. It's been such a week, but WWE did announce that Impact Knockouts World Champion Mickey James is going to be scheduled to appear in the Royal Rumble. And this is big because of two reasons. One, WWE hardly ever acknowledges outside companies; they never work the forbidden door. Okay, I'm sure everyone who knows anything about WWE knows that. I'm sure diehard WWE fans think that they're so great that they don't need to, but that's that's very big. It's very it's very big. And second, that Mickey James of all people is the person they're bringing back because Mickey James was released uh, earlier last year from WWE. And the the backlash that WWE got because of releasing her a and b sending everything in her locker room to Mickey James in garbage bags, uh really really blew up in the face of the company. So, uh, part of me part of me wants to think that this is to kind of save that burning bridge with Mickey James of all people, um Impact and Scott DiAmore over there, um have always said that they're always interested in working with other companies, be it whoever, and they've they've proved it. You know, they're I, I believe in the past twelve month calendar year, they have worked with AEW, NWA, New Japan, Ring of Honor, uh, I believe G C W as well. So they're they're really the Nexus point for when it comes to the forbidden door. Um I know Tony Khan's very adamant that he is the open door, but I believe everybody working over at Impact is is truly the, the definition of the forbidden door. So Uh, What 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 did you think when they finally announced Mickey James was gonna be in the Rumble?
0: That kind of took me by surprise. I didn't expect WWE to do that and stuff. And you know, considering how much uh, how much stuff that happened between the whole Mickey James trash bag and the way the way they left her let her go out and stuff, I was you know you never say never, right? But uh, I was expecting something to happen last night at Hard to Kill, but it didn't really. They did not really do anything, so I think it's just a one-off appearance, and that's it. You no, know, Impact gets some publicity. WWE gets Mickey James because you know I'm not, I'm not even trying to sound facetious or anything. Like they fired, they lo- let go over a hundred people I think within the past year, so I'm pretty sure their men and women's rosters all depleted. So I don't even know if they can build an actual thirty women Royal Rumble or men's Royal Rumble uh, to begin with. So. You know, it doesn't surprise me they they brought back one of the legends, Mickey James, to come back. So, um, exciting. You know, royal Romo Roy seems to be like a card that's shaping up to be pretty good. And we'll see how that goes from there.
1: The most WWE acknowledges other companies is when they acknowledge uh, specific titles. Um, I think the last time they've even mentioned another company's titles was... And this is to the best of my knowledge. was Finn Balor debuting on Raw in 2016. They mentioned all the titles he captured in Japan. Uh, they don't name the, the promotion of the company, but they do talk about the titles. So it, it, it's, it's crazy seeing that, you know, they're bringing in, and as they advertise it, the Impact Knockout's champion. Um, and this, this also has something to do with the contracts, that Mickie James, uh, the situation there, because she is technically not under contract with Impact. And I do not believe she's actually signed with the NWA. She's just working very closely with the NWA. So I I think her not having a specific contract with any promotions helping this uh, work a little easier, especially on WWE side. But hopefully this is more than just a one-off and maybe WWE puts more than just their pinky in the fucking forbidden door because um, I feel like any company that works with WWE uh even even if they're not the greatest storyline in booking of course i mean it you do get a lot of views you get multiple million you get two million views on friday about 1.5 million on monday which isn't great for raw and its history but still it's another 1.5 million that may not be watching other shows so we'll see how it goes from there i'm i'm hesitant but i'm a little hopeful
0: that they do ride by mickey we'll see where it goes you know uh wwe's never been one to really want to work with other companies that well, uh, they kind of just, you know, cut, real, cut, real, real you know, but about it, yeah, they,
1: they killed the Indies for a while back then, back in the day.
0: We'll see where it goes, man. <laughs> I'm not, it's not high on my list of, you know, oh, like, this is going to be an exciting thing. I mean, I, I would hopeful because I think it's better for the industry, but. You did mention releases
1: and how, you know, it's going to affect the rumbles and WWE actually went ahead and went with more releases this past week um and it, let's track it back um, a little bit further uh to nxt first because, um trash yeah i i, I, don't, I don't
0: understand I, I really don't understand this companies
1: like well it. i i understand but it's just not a good reason but I'll, I'll get to it so on nxt 2.0 they had their special uh they had their special card titled uh new year's uh evil and on this pay-per-view you had the nxt champion tomaso champa Defending again against Braun Breaker, uh, one of the breakout stars, uh, Rick Steiner's kid, um, and it's this was the final nail in the coffin for what NXT used to represent. Tommaso Ciampa, of course, is a storied veteran of NXT, the Black and Gold brand. Uh, he carried it as their champion for a while, beat Alistair Black, Johnny Gargano, had matches with Adam Cole, uh, the Undisputed Era, the Who's Who. Uh, of NXT, the black and gold days. So, Braun Breaker makes his entrance, literally breaks through a gold X, a styrofoam gold X, and this is to signify that, you know, the old NXT that brought all the indie fans over and got millions of views, and the one that was supposed to kill AEW Dynamite, it was dead. This was it. So, Braun Breaker goes over as the new champion. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa, puts an ominous message on social media saying thank you. Uh, I don't know what the future of NXT holds now, because if you look at it, you don't really see the old tried-and-true veterans that was carrying that brand for so long. But you see all these new faces, new storylines, WWE light, basically. And this ties in, I believe, to the recent releases WWE has made. They released a lot of backstage personnel uh, veteran referees in NXT uh, and the two biggest names are William Regal and Samoa Joe of course William Regal was the main talent scout for NXT he's the one who signed Johnny Gargano Tommaso Ciampa Alistair Black worked with Candice LeRae worked with Becky Lynch uh, literally gave everyone in NXT that you know and loved a chance their first chance for most of them and Samoa Joe, of course, one of the most storied wrestlers, Ring of Honor, TNA Impact, WWE, and this is his second release from WWE. So, uh, it, it definitely feels like it's, it's it's like an old school regicide, you know? The old guard changes, you kill everyone in the old guard. And I, I think they're, they really want to get the point across that uh, Triple H's NXT vision is gone. It's no more... This is WWE Light because quote unquote he failed to kill AEW dynamite, so. Uh a lot of bullshit. I loved NXT. It was my favorite thing WWE's ever done. But I digress. I can only talk about hating WWE so much.
0: Dude, this is so dumb. Like it's so freaking petty, man. Like even even if like Strip OH, you know, you weren't satisfied with that and stuff, William Regal's like You you heard like Sasha Banks. You heard big you heard so many people come out and say uh, William Regal is gave him their start. Without him, there would be no Sasha Banks. Without him, there would not be X, Y, and Z and stuff like. He's one of the most knowledgeable people in the business. Even if you don't want him associated with NXT, you make that man a, a position. You give that man a position, leave the, the scouting, scouting talent or something like whatever. He was a VP. Like why? Like I don't get it. You're literally giving AEW the keys of the kingdom on a silver platter. I hope AEW picks him up because he should. He deserves a job somewhere because he's that valuable. He's that knowledgeable. Samoa Joe, I sort of understand. He was injured a lot and stuff and you know, I don't know why WWE never really pulled the trigger on him either, but it is what it is, whatever. I
1: think it goes back something. to the injury thing. I mean, he's he's been injury prone ever since he signed with the company. Uh it mm-hmm. sucks to have to label someone a liability, but if anyone's going to do it, WWE will. So, um I oh. can I can kind of understand that one, but again, it sucks. I love Samoa Joe. I've loved him. Go watch the triple threat match between him, AJ Styles, and the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. Uh, it one of the best matches in TNA history, back before it was Impact. Go watch that. It's free on YouTube. Um, Will- William Regal did put out a-, a statement on Twitter, and he said, Thank you to WWE for a wonderful 21-year run. Think about that. 21 years. Uh, the quote goes on to say, You gave a lad who was happy and in Wonderland wrestling on a carnival have a charmed life for 21 years. No complaints, and please no one waste time replying, as I won't have a bad work set against the company. I will add that WWE saved my life in 1999 when they didn't need to, kept my family fed, and took me all around the world. You have my gratitude forever. You have allowed me to live a charmed life. And, like, again, you've said it. He, he's responsible for some of the biggest indie talents getting their chances in WWE. When NXT was first getting taken off the ground, it was... It was a, a reality based competition show with the people who wanted you know Vince's guys the big the big hulking man with muscles and it wasn't until William Regal took a more of a backseat role uh, from WWE wrestling in the late two thousands and started moving to a more you know office job type and he took over NXT and the casting and the and the, the scouting and he gave all these indie guys a shot he wanted to make NXT the best wrestling product. That WWE could put on, not sports entertainment, wrestling, and for the longest time it was, you know, you had bangers coming out of there, all of their pay-per-views from, uh, what was it, maybe 20, like 15, all the way to 2019, were were some of the best wrestling WWE's ever done. But the black and gold era is dead. Uh, they they took, they're trying to take everyone associated with that climb, uh, with NXT's climb to that status out. And I, I don't know what Triple H is going to do. They, they took out most of the guys that were going to follow Triple H once he assumed control of Raw and SmackDown. Uh, Vince can only go on for so much longer, and it's always been hinted that Triple H is going to take over the company uh, when that time happens. But it looks like Triple H is always going to be surrounded by Vince guys. And, you know, maybe Vince will always have his way even after he's done promoting and booking All of WWE.
0: I don't got anything else. I'm I'm tired of beating that horse up. (laughs) Genuinely. I know
1: this horse is black eyed. It's bloody. It's fucking Macaulay Culkin put it best, man. When you cut a roster down, and I guess he listens to this podcast because he has the same gripes as us. But when you when you cut the roster and you shoot yourself in the foot this much, how many times can you expect people to want to see the same seven matches over the course of 12 months?
0: Man, it's, a, it's, 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 it's I think it's common sense. I think uh, Cock can just have common sense like like we do. But you know, teach their own. <laughs> I'll
1: tell you what. I'll tell you what though. And this is me. This is me going back on everything I might have just said. I'll watch fucking Roman versus Brock Lesnar. I don't care. I'm gonna watch it.
0: I'm probably gonna watch Rumble and stuff. Like just you know, it seems you know, Rumble's always a treat. Rumble's always usually genuinely a half-decent pay-per-view, right? So
1: I, I probably wouldn't pay for
0: it. But, you know, if someone invited me to go over and watch it, I'd, I'd go watch it. Hell yeah, i go watch it. i go watch it.
1: Uh, I think Ro- Roman and Brock might have the biggest because, of course, they're the two superstars that WWE okay. seems to only care about. But they, they're, they're on allowed. a collision course, title unification match. What did you say?
0: The, they're, they're the only people that WWE allowed to be big
1: yeah yeah no that's for sure uh but it looks like they're moving towards a title unification match possibly for mania if they can't get the rock i assume but we'll see how it goes i'll watch it i'll complain about everything else but i'll still watch two big meaty men slapping meat i'm never gonna not watch that so that is what it is is uh is that everything we got for wwe are we slowly moving
0: i'm done just whatever wwe four. Bo- bo- okay before we move on from wwe i want to talk about sky too hot he did show up in gcw if you don't know who sky too hot is yeah i know awesome run in wwe with the dudley boys uh as well as a singles competitor and um before that i think he was what ecw right or wcw but he's he's been a marvelous talent for a long time he's worked at nxt as a coach and trainer but he left on his own accord. Uh, just before the firings happened and he pretty much said that he saw the writing on the wall and he was probably to be let go regardless uh, of everything happened. So he just took his, took his, he took his ball and left on his terms and more power to him. And he seems to be having a lot of fun killing on the Indies and he had a good match with Joey Janela at GCW. I think that's Joey Janela's promotion where at least he books it and stuff. Uh, But I'm excited to see what he does on the Indies. And I think the Indies are in a super, super awesome place right now, uh, and we see this every week. Go out to your local indie shows. Um, go see some. Go see the local indie talent. Go support local indie shows. Go support the talent. I guarantee you, you're gonna have what, at least one or two good matches on there with some big names, and you're gonna have a wonderful time. Just forget about that. Forget that it's wrestling and it's theatrics and all that. Just go in at yourself, being Mark, and have fun, and you know, meet some people. You know, make some good memories and stuff. Go
1: enjoy. And and that's pretty much all I gotta say. Yeah, man, immerse yourself. The, these w- once you allow yourself to just go with whatever's happening, wrestling shows are some of the most fun in the world. Uh, I can't say enough about indie wrestling, wrestling in general. Go, go watch. Go watch. Go support. It's it's a fun time. Uh, let's move on to Impact. I was gonna move on to New Japan, but I wanna say that because I have a lot to say about New Japan right now. But uh, Impact Hard to Kill took place last night a uh, lot of title matches uh some ring of honor shenanigans uh i didn't personally get to watch but some highlights uh, i saw you and your homeboy uh watching it in discord uh so i might need you to take the reins on this one a little bit but uh what how was the show was it was it as good as everyone on twitter was saying it was
0: it was um i think low key impact as a dark horse in terms of wrestling shows like um if you, if you tune in, you're going to get a good show for the most part. I think there's been a couple of like ones that weren't as great or meh. But this was a really great show down from top to bottom. I think you had uh, Jonah, who used to be Bronson Reed. And NXT have an awesome, awesome match with Josh Alexander. Uh, I think one of the former WWE announcers who got released this past week or so uh, showed up for, to impact the call, and he got himself a job there. Kudos to him. I think it was what Tom Phillips, right, if I remember correctly? Yeah, uh, that Ring of Honor match uh, between Jonathan uh, Gresham and uh, Chris Bay. Oh, dude, that was, i would love to see a lot more matches like that, especially like on a national audience. Like, give me, give me those two in AW with Ring of Honor rules, because that was that was good pure wrestling, man. I, I enjoyed every. That was probably one of my matches of the night, or my match. So he,
1: he wrestled Chris Bay.
0: I think he wrestled Chris Bay.
1: Or was it chris sabin
0: uh let me look it
1: i'm looking at the match cards chris sabin. <laughs> Okay,
0: yeah yeah there you go oh it was
1: okay uh, it was oh it was pure rules match too oh my mm-hmm. god i love those kind of matches mm-hmm. uh just for context pure rules uh, different set of wrestling um every every wrestler gets three rope breaks allowed it means if you're getting a submission or you're caught in a in a torture rack or something you touch the ropes the referee has to break it up uh you can't use the ropes to uh once you use all of those, you can't use those to escape pins or submission. Uh closed fists are illegal. If you use them, uh you'll get penalized a rope break. V- some of the best matches ever in the history of indie wrestling were wrestled under pre wrestling rules. Continue, Nathan. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, so anyway, I really enjoyed that match. Um I mean, dude, you had a lot you had a you had a lot of good stuff. I think the the Mickey James match wasn't it was good, but it was a little bit slow at points uh it wasn't you know the best that I've seen from those two women before but overall still good Roxy was uh shown in the crowd during that match um you know Matt Cardona I think he's having a run of his career so far and that match he had with uh Will Morsi and Moose was really good overall man the card was well, it was a great card man like if you have a Saturday night, you're not doing anything. You enjoy wrestling and stuff. Hey, go give impact a shot. Go. If they have a pay-per-view, spend a 20, 30 bucks, 40 bucks, well, go watch it. Screw it. Enjoy your Saturday night and do it. It's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's a good show. You're going to enjoy yourself and everything. Uh, I, I recommend it, man. It was it was great. What'd you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, no impacts always been really good about uh, lean heavy into everything. They lean heavy into the pure wrestling they lean heavy into the comedy, into the into the weird stuff. Uh Impact's always been a dark horse, but I think everyone's finally they're finally getting the respect and credit that they deserve. Because again, they've opened the Forbidden Door for tons of promotion. Uh you had a lot of Ring of Honor people invading. Uh you had POC uh or PCO. You had um but uh Maria Kanellis all invading for this show. Uh it's very exciting to think what's going to happen with a lot of the roh talent because again uh roh is on hiatus right now but their their titles are still being defended and roxy is a very intriguing prospect because she has been reported reporting to a wwe tryout uh wwe she has all the fixings that wwe wants out of women's wrestling uh again she was at impact last night so it's it's interesting to see where Roxy, again, the youngest ROH Women's World Champion, it's very interesting to see where she's going to go. Uh, I have always loved Moose as well. so And that, that title retention last night in that triple threat was really fun. Uh, I always love triple threat match, especially for a world title. Um, if you get the right people in there with the right chemistry, it's always a fun time. And Moose actually called out Roman Reigns. Um, so I, I'm in, I'm intrigued to see how much the impact WWE working relationship from here, especially when it seems like it can generate a lot of buzz. And, you know, Moose says the he's the tall, muscular build WWE loves. He's a powerhouse. Roman Reigns, he can have a good match with just about anyone he puts in front of him. So very interested to see where Impact goes from here. They're really they're really keeping alive during the pandemic and. Uh, again, let's just see where it goes because the possibilities are endless and speculating is so much fun, but it's again it's always going to be up to WWE to make the right moves
0: I'm on I'm a fence that Impact's just going to use it to generate some buzz and nothing's actually going to happen aside from Mickey but if it does, I'd be very very surprised because I think it would be uncharted territory for WWE to work with another company like
1: that I'm all for it, I'm all, everyone was hesitant when AEW was opening the doors with Impact in New Japan, but, um, I mean, man, God, dude, to think what if, if we weren't in a pandemic right now, like the things they could have done with New Japan guys would have been amazing. But moving on to just pure New Japan pro wrestling, they had what their version of WrestleMania is, what their version of Double or Nothing is called Wrestle Kingdom. And this was spread across three nights. Don't really care to talk about the third night. Um, the match is, well fun, uh, it felt like an exhibition kind of match, and it really feels like they were just testing the waters to see how, uh, fans would react, uh, when they worked with their, uh, basically the second biggest Japanese wrestling company promotion, NOAA. Uh, they had a bunch of, uh, their champions in tag matches against New Japan's champions. Um, I believe it was the highest attended. Wrestle Kingdom of all the nights, and they, it was a three-night event, so looking really good. I really hope they can do some more concrete storylines, maybe do a pay-per-view where, you know, all the champions fight all the champions, and it, it's for bragging rights. Um, I, I would love to see that, but Wrestle Kingdom did come to us from the Tokyo Dome in Japan, and my god, I, I want to talk about the two main events. Uh, Nathan, I know you saw the first one. I don't know if you've seen the second one yet. Have you? I didn't,
0: I didn't see the second one. I thought the first one was was good. I really love Okada matches. They start off pretty slow, but by the end, you're at the edge of your seat. Typical Okada match, start off pretty slow. Yeah, a lot of grapple holds and everything with the arm, working the arm, a lot of fundamentals. And then it just, like that, picks up. And then you, they start flying. They start, Okada's drop kicks come out of nowhere. And you start having a lot of spots. But it, all of it's incorporated with the storytelling and of callbacks and different matches. Great match. I really, uh, I could watch Okada all day. The man's like Mozart. Just smooth good, classic stuff. What do you think, Kyle? About uh, I know you got a lot to say so I'll let you lean on this one here.
1: Alright, so, picture if you will. I go to sleep around 8pm, because I know it's Wrestle Kingdom 9 in the morning. Uh, my girlfriend leaves for work at 4am, 4.30ish and about then is when I tell her like hey, can you just make me a cup of coffee too? I know you make yours. I'm not even a coffee drinker get it get downstairs get all comfy wrapped up in a blanket it's cold as hell this past week so the house is about 75 degrees heaters running got all three of my pups around me cuddled on the couch turn on the tv to watch some good old japanese wrestling and my god the rainmaker kazuchika okada versus shingo takagi for the iwgp world heavyweight championship what a match these two put on um if if uh, a slight backstory uh, Okada is the pole for New Japan Pro Wrestling. He has the most title defenses for their main championship in its past iteration, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship at 12. Uh, one of the longest reigns at 760 days, if I remember that correctly. Uh, basically, the go-to golden boy. He can never do wrong. If New Japan's in a tough spot, uh, they can always count on Okada. And he took on... The defending champion at the time, Shingo Takage, who was playing second fiddle in his uh, New Japan stable, uh, Los Ingobernables de Japón, to uh, Tetsuya Naito, who's one of the best wrestlers in the world right now. And Shingo finally got his opportunity this past few years to be the main guy for the company. Uh, he won the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship uh, from Will Ospreay uh, on a technicality as Osprey was injured um and it's surprising that shingo was the guy that you know your main champion was hurt out for a while with a broken neck and shingo got the nod he was the guy carrying through the pandemic putting on banger after banger he's had amazing matches in the junior heavyweight division before moving up to the heavyweight division and i i was hoping shingo was gonna win personally Uh, i thought this would have been a really good time to say hey look you know you know we love okada Okada's always going to be championship material, but this could have been a really good time to, to let Shingo run with it some more. But the match was amazing. Uh, this match did get uh, 4.75 uh, stars from Dave Meltzer. Uh, this match was just, just so good. If you like Japanese uh, pro wrestling, th- this is the definition. Again, like Nathan said, uh, Okada knows how to pace a match so well. Him and Kenny Omega have a historic four bout series. And the total time is about maybe close to three hours in the ring. Total of these four matches. And the the pace that Okada can work is so amazing. Again, Nathan said, you get drop kicks out of nowhere. He has one of the best drop kicks in the world. He can be beaten down. His opponent runs the rope to hit Okada, and Okada answers with a big dropkick that looks again perfect you want to learn how to do a drop kick? study some kata. tape this match was really great really fun uh again i wish shingo, shingo had won because the winner of this match would face the former champion will osprey uh the next night and both men do have a history with osprey osprey uh betrayed uh kazuchika okada who basically brought him into new japan pro wrestling gave him a break and they were always—they always had the big brother, little brother relationship. Shingo Takagi and Will Osprey have been rivals for so many years. They have some of the best junior heavyweight matches of all time. I believe he had the highest-rated match of 2021 uh, against Shingo Takagi at about six stars. And this match with Okada in Night Two of Wrestle Kingdom was rated 5.75 stars from Dave Meltzer giving Will Ospreay the highest rated match of 2022 so far. So if you don't know Will Ospreay, go check him out, one of the best wrestlers. This match was amazing. If I, I had really high expectations after the Okada-Shingo match, but uh, Okada and Ospreay delivered. Um, they've rarely done one-on-ones, so it was nice to see a, a semi-fresh matchup, but all the counters were so smooth. Uh, all the spots they did were amazing. They they do each other's finisher a few times. Okada does uh Stormbreaker. Uh, that's Osprey's finisher. And Osprey does Okada's famous finisher, the Rainmaker. It's 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 one of those matches where both guys just know each other so well. The chemistry's there, and th- this is already match of the year contender, and it's barely gonna be January tenth tomorrow, so. Go watch this match if you haven't checked it out. Uh, If you don't really know New Japan Pro Wrestling, Wrestle Kingdom's always a really good spot to kind of just jump in. Uh, You get to learn all the characters, all the wrestlers, all the storylines. And it's, again, it's taking a back burner right now, but it's still one of the top promotions in the entire world. And that is my long rant about New Japan
0: Pro Wrestling right now. I think that pretty much sums it up. You did really well there. I'm proud oh, of you. Oh,
1: I blacked out. God, you gotta stop letting me go on these rants. I'm very proud of you, man. Made me
0: happy. Oh.
1: We're we're chipping. We're chipping. I see the list getting shorter. We're we're making dents.
0: We don't we don't make a list. We just talk on the fly here, baby! <laughs> well,
1: here, I'll let you talk on the fly. Kick kick me off some dynamite. What happened with dynamite this week?
0: Okay, so get the, get 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 this, okay? We we kick off how we kicked off the first a Hangman versus Daniel Bryanson match. And we kick off this episode of Dynamite with title defense. Hangman versus Danielson part two. Live on Dynamite. Uh, you know, there's some commercial interruptions and stuff, but it's a hot crowd. Title match right on TBS. The first TBS show that we have. And this is how it's kicking off with the title match between two people who are probably some of the best wrestlers in the world. And, 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 and I I'd try not to say that a lot. To not to cheap not because I don't want to cheapen those that phrase, but every wrestler that we talk about is within the top ten or fifteen of professional wrestlers in the world. Hangman versus Danielson and it was a uh, chef's kiss, and you got this match free on TV. You need to go watch this match if you're a fan of pure wrestling, if you're a fan of the art of pro wrestling, storytelling, the gripping tale, babyface versus the heel. Good old-fashioned professional wrestling with a lot at stake and a lot with a big match feel. And this was free on TV. This is a pay-per-view quality match that you got free on TV. Go watch it. It was. It had everything. It had blood. It had a story. It had, uh, a, you know, heart-pacing heart action. Uh, you had the heel being a heel. You had the babyface overcoming incredible, overwhelming odds. Cement his, cement uh, himself at the top of the card. I mean, it was a barn burner from from, from end to end. Um, very, very stiff. It was these, like, wrestling, wrestling is predetermined. We all understand that. But that doesn't mean these men or women or pro wrestlers aren't going to beat the crap out of each other in the ring. Safely, but they're going to beat the crap out of each other. Uh, and these two men did. It was a bloodbath. It was a brawl. And after a long, basically drawn-out war... Uh, Hangman was able to defeat Brian Danielson and cement himself at the top, at the pinnacle of AEW, and it's gonna be a lot for me to see when Hangman or who takes down Hangman. But you know, Brian Danielson, the story tell, ta- the story was that Brian Danielson came from WWE. He was the best there, one of the best there, multi-time champion, and um, he came in into AEW thinking he was hot shit. He, he had the Stars and Stripes for a bid, and he did the parade and fanfare because, you know, it was new and it was exciting. But pretty soon, his true colors started to reveal themselves, as, as did his ambition, and he set his sights on the world title pitcher. Having gone to a draw with Kenny Omega and knowing he still had a hell of a lot to give, No, and in his mind, he knew he could beat him with Kenny Omega, this is a man who had a chip on his shoulder. And the first match that he had with Hangman, he give it, gave him everything he was beating his ass, but Hangman wasn't going down. And it ended up going to a draw, 16 minute draw at the very end with Brian Danielson barely, barely escaping Hangman, uh, who hit the buckshot Larry at Danielson at the very last moment and who was only three seconds away from pinning Brian and winning and walking out with his first title defense. And Brian deep down knew that Hangman had his number. But he just didn't want to admit it. He was gonna take the cocky approach and hide behind that fact, uh, the the facade that he was untouchable, that no one in AEW can compete with him, and that he, from where he came from, the land of the titans, though, though, there was no competition anywhere outside of there that could that could best him. But after a long, growing civil war uh, on the second match, he learned that Hangman was for real. That there's there's people outside of you know what everyone's told that can hang with the best and that are the best that are better than them. And uh yeah, I think Danielson was a little bit humbled. And I think the world saw how good AW is in terms of the champion and how good Hangman Pages. Um I could say a lot more about this Kyle, but I'll, I'll let you ring in here. I'll let you get some get some breathing room here.
1: What a match. I mean Hang Hangman, if you know me or if you know my girlfriend Annie, hangman is our favorite wrestler the storyline we've talked about it multiple times uh we have a whole episode dedicated to him um I, lo- I love hangman adam page and i love that he's the confident champion confident in his skills danielson again nathan said not to in it but it's true just one of the best wrestlers on this planet right now these guys i believe that Brian Danielson has found his new Nigel McGuinness and what this means is back in the day in Ring of Honor Nigel McGuinness and Danielson had some of the best matches in in all of wrestling history. They have a very storied rivalry and I believe Hangman is his new Nigel McGuinness because they understand each other. They both make each other look so strong. They have their moments. And for 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 a little bit there I was nervous me me and my girlfriend were on the edge of our seats danielson locks in the label lock hangman's bloodied and beaten danielson's dripping blood all over his face holding in this submission and for a second i said this is it this is where they they're gonna give danielson the title and the the way that hangman made me believe that no matter what he's gonna fight and win find a way uh, I was already predetermining MJF being the next champion, but I want to hold off of for so long. Uh, Hangman needs to have this title for a year and a half because he's put on banger after banger. Uh, I can't remember the last bad match he's ever had uh, ever since he set his sights back on Kenny Omega and winning the world title. Uh, from Brian Cage at Double or Nothing to Matt Hardy at Revolution, he gave Matt Hardy one of the best matches of his career. Uh, you you move over to an awesome ten man tag elimination match uh, with the Dark Order versus the Elite, to Hangman finally winning the match, and these two title defenses being such highly touted matches. Their first match got five stars from Dave Meltzer, and this one got four and three uh, three quarter stars. Um, but when you when you just have this chemistry with someone. I'll take Danielson and Hangman three in a few months, because uh, again, I don't need to see Hangman lose his title anytime soon. I think that he's he's finally hit his prime. He he knows what he's doing. He can he can be the brutal uh, ass kicking cowboy, or he can be the underdog fighting from a really bad beatdown. But my God, what order a wrestler! And just give me just give me more, give me more of his title reign. I don't need to see this in anytime soon.
0: Are you here? Yeah, I'm here. I'm sorry. My mic was giving me some issues and stuff. Uh, <laughs> I apologize about that. But now you, you summarized it pretty well, man. It, it makes me curious, man. Who, who really, within the company right now, could potentially take off the belt from Hangman? MJF? Maybe, but I, 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 I still think he's too much of a he- immature heel who showed flashes of how good he can be, and he's already great. But I, I don't see him being able to beat Hangman Page and, and take the belt. And I do think that the next person that should be the champion is a heel. I mean, could, could Johnny Organo? <laughs> Someone from New Japan?
1: I do think that MJF is going to be the next person to take it. But you really, like you said, he's still immature. I think this rivalry with CM Punk will help that. But I don't think, I don't think that MJF should be teed up anytime soon. They've teased it. he has title aspirations, but I think you can draw that out. I think he makes the most sense as the very next champion. But again, I don't want to see it for months, maybe even a year and a half at this point. Like I said earlier, no, I is understand it, that completely. It, there's no need for it to happen after hangman's proving himself. I wonder who the next, they they mentioned Adam Cole is ranked number one. uh. So I would love to see, you know, you know, former bullet club members you know finally interact hangman adam cole see how that works out maybe you do a storyline where they acknowledge what the bucks did at full gear and how they gave hangman the nod and the young bucks turn face bring back the young bucks the hung bucks take on uh you know adam cole kylo Riley, and bobby fish which their uh new name paragon right yeah, Paragon. They released uh there's a trademark that was found for Paragon and a new logo. So, it might be that might be the stables name for Cole O'Reilly and Fish. So, we'll see how that works. I'm really that excited. Ain't. I love Adam Cole, but he's ranked number 1 and they mentioned it on the latest uh Rampage, so
0: we'll ain't see if he's there ain't be... too shabby.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I have the confidence in Hangman that he can have a badass match with just about anyone at this point in his career. He hasn't had less than about I think his last match that was lower than 4 stars had to be a few years ago at this point. He's been Yeah, this man's been putting on, on bangers.
0: He's been killing he's the killed. business.
1: Oh, man. I, let me see. Uh Yeah, I mean, it's been so long since he's had like less than a 4-star match. He's just been putting in the work. Yeah, that 6-star match with when he teamed with Kenny against the Young Bucks, man. Hangman's just so good. I can't wait to see more of him.
0: That's my, that's my boy, baby. That's my uh, ancient
1: millennial champion right there.
0: Moving on to, you know, next down the card, uh, I believe we had CM Punk versus MJF and versus Sean Dean. Uh, you want to kind of take us into there, Kyle?
1: So actually the match was MJF uh, was uh, scheduled to face Sean Dean, the captain. Uh, Sean Dean, uh, one of the talents who is featured mainly on AEW Dark and Elevation, getting his big break at you know, wrestling one of the best at MJF. And CM Punk, really, he got me. Because I thought they were going to move away from this and save an MJF-CM Punk match for later down the line. But it seems like that's the the move we're going into right now, the direction. Uh, CM Punk charges the ring. Uh, MJF runs away like a scalded dog. Uh, Of course, MJF has to have the last word. So he's saying that punk doesn't get to deserve a match with mjf and cm punk pulls one of the smartest moves uh hits sean dean causes the disqualification win for sean dean uh cm punk jumps on the mic and says i hope you're ready for this because this is your this is your life until you give me my match he said he's gonna have he's gonna give mjf the longest uh losing streak in aew (laughs) <laughs> uh, if he doesn't get his match. And this was such a good fucking move. Oh, my God.
0: That was very I was... big brain, dude. I was, I was like, this is interesting. I like this.
1: See, and this is what happens when you make disqualification losses mean something. Unlike in WWE, this affects their record. CM Punk told MJF, how does it feel to have a losing record in 2022 already? Sean Dean has a better record for 2022 than MJF.
0: And he deserves it.
1: That's my boy, the captain. CM Punk is just so smart. Uh, MJF got really pissed off. He said, you're not going to cost me this. He said, so next week, it's going to be CM Punk versus Wardlow. And this is where I believe Wardlow is going to break away from MJF. And I think this is where we finally start seeing the baby face in Wardlow come out. I'm excited for it. Uh,
0: Big Daddy Wardlow, baby mr muscle tits
1: (laughs) (laughs) i think we're gonna get cm punk and mjf uh what's the pay-per-view coming up is it revolution
0: i believe uh should be revolution and then you have double or nothing
1: yeah i i think we might get a uh cm punk versus mjf at revolution 2022 i think that's what it's gonna it's gonna happen and hopefully from there we'll get some you know, we'll get to hammer out the title picture a little bit more, see if MJF's really gonna be teed up to uh, take the belt at double or nothing, which I hope not. Double or nothing's in May. And I don't th- I don't think that's nearly long enough of a title reign for Hangman.
0: Like I said, I don't see Hangman losing the belt till late twenty twenty two or early twenty twenty three. You need to give that man at least a run. Uh he's had it since what? All out, right? The title? Uh full gear. Full gear, okay. So that that was in November. So he's on his third month already. Give him, yeah, give him at least till what? Would he lose it at full gear again? Full year from now?
1: Uh I don't, I don't think so. I, I would say maybe Revolution of twenty twenty three, if I'm being honest.
0: Yeah, the, the AEW, especially with the main title pitcher, they, they don't, they're not in the the ballpark of giving someone less than a three to six month title reign. So. I don't see him losing it anytime soon.
1: And he's only had two defenses at this point, three months and two defenses, which um, I know a lot of people criticize, but I feel again, it's, it's so simple when you space them out title defenses, this far or this few and far in between, it it makes them feel special when it finally happens. New Japan does does does. the same thing. New Japan. It it makes
0: this prestige. I'm sorry to interrupt you.
1: Oh no. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, um, when you get, you know, when you get your, your top champion defending a couple of times a month, every match just feels so much bigger than it really is. Um, New Japan has their top champion have tag team matches with their stable mates so many times throughout the year. And when they finally do special events and they have a title match, it's, it's such a big it's such a big fight feeling, and uh, AEW's doing so good at not letting their titles mean nothing like other companies wwe (laughs) (laughs) i gotta get i gotta get my shots in where i can same dude and now this is where i'm gonna come off as bad this is where i'm gonna sound really bad
0: you talk because i'm gonna get i'm gonna get a little bit of drink right now what the fuck you're just gonna leave the podcast as we're doing it uh, I'm thirsty. I just want some water, dude. We gotta stay hydrated. Remember, fluids are important. Yeah, you know,
1: see, see, I'm smart. I have a gallon of water right next to me whenever we do this because I get dry mouth. mouth. <laughs> but anyway, AEW kicked off the TBS era, and they crowned their first ever TBS champion. It was a match between Jade Cargill and Ruby Soho. And again, this is gonna sound really bad. Again, I've talked about it before. I respect everyone who steps in the ring. Uh I would never I would never say that you know. I would never disrespect someone for stepping in the ring. I'm just going to make that clear. But this match was not good. This match was very rough. I I it was rough on both parts of both women. This it was disjointed at times. It was sloppy. There was communication issues all over jade cargill being very green having about 20 matches in aew most of them squash matches until she got into the ring with thunder rosa and ruby she's kicking
0: everyone's ass It's that bitch show baby i ain't trying to handle no slander.
1: it's less slander more criticism and th- in this day and age you have to be really careful with your criticism but again i prefaced it because I re- i do respect jade she's putting in the work she's showing up She's, she's getting in there with veteran talent. But again, this match was just not good. This match was one of the roughest matches I've seen in so long. And I, I texted Nathan about this, but I don't want to see a champion learning on TV in the ring. I, I, think, I think Jade is just so, so green. And again, you can tell you you can tell both women look so uncomfortable leading this match at so many times i know ruby has gotten a lot of criticisms uh for her quote-unquote less spectacular ring work um there's there a lot of moments what was that i
0: don't see it there's
1: a lot of moments where she looked unsure where the the move she did didn't look great her running starts look kind of sloppy uh there's a moment at the end of the match where jade is going to go hit her finisher uh from the top rope and you can tell that there was a lot of miscommunication because jade wanted to go onto the top rope ruby said no stay on the middle rope um it it was just a really disjointed match man and i i'm all for you know i don't i don't believe necessarily in x person deserved it because i mean you got to work for it and just because Jade is putting in the work and she's putting in the time doesn't mean that she was ready for this. And I don't think she is. I, I don't want to see the TBS title just be a bunch of squash matches until she gets in there with one of the more veteran women and they win because they're just that much better than her. Uh, again, I don't want to see a champion learning in the ring on national television. Um, this match was just super rough for me to watch. There's a lot of times where I almost wanted to flip the channel. And come back to it but jade did win she's the tbs champion uh i I believe as me and nathan predicted long before this tournament even kicked off when they announced the brackets and i mean hopefully hopefully she gets in there with more veteran and she gets a lot more ring work and a lot less time because i think to be a a successful champion in this day and age you got to have more than just the look and 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 presence of a champion you have to really Work on that work rate right in the ring. I
0: agree on a lot of the things that you touched on. Um, I also do think that, you know, they probably could have held off on Jade a little bit. But I can see why they're going through with it. Um, she's a she's a big presence. She's got a lot of charisma and stuff, and I think they're they're really confident in her ability to pick up and improve. And if I'm sure if they need to make a title change, they can, whatever. But I'm excited to see where Jade Jade, Jade Cargo goes. You know, I'm ready for that bit show. Let's go. I'm excited. Let's do it up. I, I, I see what your criticisms were about the match. And yeah, it could have been better and stuff, but, um, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to say anything else that you haven't said, so uh, let's go. Jake Cargill, storm, the Storms came, and now it's hurricane season, baby.
1: Yeah, let's see where it goes. And uh, another thing I'm just kind of worried about is having two title women titles when you only get one women match every dynamite but that's another conversation for another time uh i i hope tony khan does right by his women anyway uh moving on to another uh really disjointed bad match uh brian Pillman jr versus malachi this is all my personal opinion by the way um uh, i i love brian pillman jr i love that match he had with mjf a couple months ago uh, in cincinnati uh malachi black always one of my favorites but man this match was not good either this this show as a whole and i wanted to save this until we got through the whole show recap but this show was opened amazing with the hangman danielson obviously i love the cm punk promo against mjf but everything after that it felt like just such a mid-tier episode from and, and, and the card was great don't get me wrong the card was stacked but man it just it didn't execute very well i felt like this was a very b plus at best show you know danielson and hangman can only carry the grade so far but this match ended with another botch um malik uh brian pillman jr goes for a springboard off the top rope slips, misses recovers and malachi hits him uh with a spinning heel kick and you can tell the the spot was supposed to go brian pillman jr launches off gets caught midair with the spinning kick you can see malachi load up to spin uh he sees brian slips and they, they recover professionally but man the, sometimes these things just happen and uh, the 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 total outcome suffers as a result i i wasn't really high on this match again i thought it was not great i, I would say bad but it is what it is not every match is going to be a perfect five-star match
0: you know, there was, there was some destroying, there was some things that happened. I was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, ooh. but um, I thought overall the show delivered itself. You know, like it wasn't a bad show. I I, I never really have, uh, I never really have a bad experience with AEW in terms of like all oh, this. This is not a great show. This was man, blah 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 blah. There's just you know some things you can nitpick here and there, but overall, you know, it does what it, it does. It, it does what it needs to do, which is entertain. So I'll leave it at that. But uh, I am kind of curious to see where Malachi Black goes because uh, I feel like they had a big plan for him, and I'm pretty sure Brody King was going to debut. But uh, you know, uh, unfortunate injuries and stuff so happened. And uh, yeah, man, let's let's talk about the the Lucha Brothers match because that's that's kind of where I'm leaning in right now.
1: This was uh, oh man, this was I'm very conflicted on a lot of things. There's reports saying that the original plans where Brody King was supposed to debut. Uh, there's there's reports saying that um, the Lucha Brothers were supposed to retain, uh, but they called on the fly audible. Um, let's get let's get into the match first. So this was uh, the Lucha Brothers, the AEW uh, World Tag Team Champions, defending against Jurassic Express after uh, Christian Cage uh, rallied them for a, a title match. Going into the TBS era, it was a it was a fun match. Uh, everything going is normal until we get to the last five or ten minutes or so. Uh, there's a table spot where Luchasaurus is gonna choke slam Ray Phoenix through a table uh, on the apron to the outside of the ring, and Ray Phoenix, I I assume, uh, uh, try to brace himself because he he felt maybe he was gonna miss the table. And the way this man's arm snapped back on the elbow was, it looked awful. Everyone thought the worst. And this is where the reports come in that conflict and say that this is where they called the audible that Jurassic Express was going to win. The finish felt like it was not the planned finish, especially if you go off of of Penta's reactions. Uh, And there was also a spot in the match where the lights all go out, you know, everything goes black. The lights come up and nothing happens. So, people were, were thinking that this was to tease Malachi and Brody King showing up after the match, after the Lucha Brothers retained to be the next challengers for the AEW World Tag Team titles. But again, injury happens. They, they change the, the match on the fly, and Jurassic Express wins. Um, and I, I wish the crowning moment of Jurassic Express, again, wasn't hampered by the injury suffered by Ray Phoenix. Um, i'm glad to report that it wasn't a break i don't know how it wasn't a break uh it was a really bad dislocation but hopefully uh all of his tendons and everything are 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 still fine because even if it's not a break it could still lead to a lot of injury but um hopefully he's back sooner rather than later uh it's crazy to me that if if you haven't seen this i if you want to watch this watch it with 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 caution because it's very graphic the way his elbow bends backwards uh, but Ray Phoenix is, has said that he uh, is already on the road to recovery, and he should be back sooner rather than later. Again, like I said earlier. So, um but yeah, th- this this ending it just kind of left it like a a weird taste in my mouth because again, I just thought this show was pretty average, and I thought it should have been way more for how stacked it was.
0: I kind of disagree and I kind of agree. I enjoyed I enjoyed the show. I'm and- taking the middle road, Nathan. Uh, no no look balance okay johnny lawrence offense john i'm incorporating the, the, the best of everything okay uh but yeah um uh, it was a good show it wasn't the greatest at dynamite but it was a good show better than raw better than smackdown <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: again i just thought this was very middle of the road it started off so strong and it 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 didn't feel like the momentum carried itself all the way through the end. So, all in all, I give it about a B plus total overall rating. It would have been an A if the the title matches could have lived up. But, I mean, again, not every show is gonna be like card of the year. It, it did its job. I was entertained. I went to sleep happy. As soon as Rampage went off the or Dynamite went went off the air, turned off the TV, got into bed with my dogs, and my girlfriend
0: went to bed. That sounds like a good Wednesday night, baby. That you gotta is... be more critical. Don't be afraid to be critical, Nathan. Critical? What? I'm, I'm just chilling, dog. I'm chilling. I'm enjoying my day. I'm, and after this, I'm probably gonna go do some squatty squatty squats. Uh, you know, maybe go maybe go to sleep. I don't know. I just it's, it's been a lot. You know, I got I, I there's things that are happening in Orzio. I gotta take care of. You know, I gotta do some dungies with my boy. Gotta stop all these uh, Asians from doing bad things everywhere. And you know all the the, the I don't know,
1: man. <laughs> if you ask me kyle nathan just told you what he has to do today what is what does he have to do i don't know what the fuck you're up to i don't i didn't understand any of that my man
0: (laughs) it's okay man it's just me and my third eye on another frequency right now we're in another plane of existence jack baltimore's winning against pittsburgh still is uh 10 of six but the colts are uh losing against jags so there's a there's you know, my man urinating tree is pretty happy right now. He's, he's got a lot going on. The Lions are up 24-22 as we speak. Like he's streaming on Facebook. Not Facebook. Facebook's trash. He's streaming on YouTube right now. Like, there's chat spamming Yenzer mode activating because he's waving his terrible towel. Saying Steelers have gone to the Super Bowl. And
1: Let's move on to Rampage. You didn't watch Rampage, did you?
0: Uh, no, I didn't get a chance to, man. Not this week. I, forgot, I forgot what I was doing. What was I doing Friday? Oh, yeah, I was in Houston. Houston, Texas eh mid mid city aew
1: rampage kicked off with adam cole versus a uh, returning jake atlas uh if you don't know jake atlas was uh, a wrestler for wwe uh after his experiences there i don't know what directly led to it but he did choose to retire and tony khan brought him back he had his match on aew dark and this was his first showing against adam cole and again Things happened, but man, it just felt so unfortunate because Jake Atlas did suffer an injury uh, himself in his match with Adam Cole. Uh, He blew out his knee. I'm unsure how bad the injury is, but Jake Atlas did seem in good spirits saying that he'll be back soon. Uh, Adam Cole being the professional he is, recognized uh, that Jake Atlas was hurt. He was setting up for his finisher, the Panama Sunrise. And after he saw Jake Atlas uh, have a hurt knee, he went for a knee bar, uh, leg lock technique to win uh, via submission. Uh, again, it just man. It, it, this was supposed to be an amazing coming out, you know. It, AEW is debuting on TBS. Rampage stays on TNT, but man, from disjointed matches to bad title matches to injuries, it it just it wasn't the hottest week for AEW. They they really they really took a few licks. So. We'll see how they bounce back after this.
0: Yeah, it was. It's been. A, it's it's been a this, this is a shift in the balance of the force. You know, the, I think. I think. I think the impact thing is destroying everything off. You know.
1: Yeah. How so? The the dark side WWE is getting too much power or what?
0: hmm mm-hmm. I feel it, dude. I feel the. I feel the disturbance in the force.
1: The uh, second match uh, on Rampage was again the legendary Hook uh, taking on Aaron Solo. Uh, you, don't
0: um, <laughs> you don't even know me <laughs> you
1: and, and man what a star this kid is dude I swear uh, he got the pop of the night uh, I confirmed on reddit that everyone who went to the show that watched uh, Dynamite and Rampage live said that everyone was the loudest for Hook when he debuted where he uh, made his entrance uh, made quick work of Aaron Solo uh, QT Marshall got in Hook's face Hook hit him with an awesome Taz suplex just throwing that big meaty man right over his head and man what a, what a future this kid has i can't say enough good things about hook i can't wait to just see more of this man
0: dude how, like have we ever seen someone who comes in like this and like is literally just that good like like I, has, I, has, anyone's ever had I a mean, career trajectory have they so far
1: no i mean I, again every match he's had with AEW has been his first matches like man like he just, he just, you could tell he studied the game. He did, uh, he did, I, I, believe he did collegiate wrestling. So that does help, but man, to come out here and show that you can perform as well as some of these guys who've been doing this for 10 plus years. It's awesome. It's crazy. I don't know how old, uh, I don't know how old hook is, but man, if he, if he just stays in this man, he's going to be, he's got future champ written all over him.
0: Dude, for real, like this, this dude's good. <laughs> i love watching this man he's uh he's got it all dude he's got it all
1: special talent this man
0: very special talent very pog talent <laughs>
1: uh the next match on the card was uh brit baker teaming up with her associate jamie Hayter to take on the team of rio and ruby soho ahead of Rio's title match against Britt baker at aew battle of the belt special on saturday and my god i wish i could say more good things about this but this match was also not very great man um i don't think rio and brit have good chemistry at all uh uh jamie hater and Riho stole the match their chemistry was amazing Hader's been off the charts i think she's gonna do so well once she finally splits from Britt baker um the crowd was ch- chanting for hater, so i think in the future, we'll see Hater become the babyface, breaking off of Brit. and I think she's just she has such a higher ceiling without Brit than with her right now.
0: Yeah, um, I really like Brick Baker, but I you, you can sort of feel the winds of change, right? It feels like a lot of people are sort of you know getting to the point where it's like, hey, maybe it's time for a title change in the women's division. Um, you know, I, I'm sort of I getting just... tired of the same like oh uh, the dmd squad's gonna interfere you know they help brit win and it's just like uh yeah yeah, yeah, i don't know
1: i i think it goes more into the booking because again i i'm i'm very critical about women's booking in aew and even though these these women are getting tv time i i personally feel like there's not a lot of meat to any of their storylines uh especially with brit's title reign it feels like all the challengers have been very monster of the week you know real power ranger storyline um they the, the generally in power rangers the monster shows up at the start of the episode and gets beaten at the end of the episode and everything goes on from there you know everything's hunky-dory and it feels like that's how a lot of these title matches are set up you know ty conti uh won a bunch of matches on dark and elevation and rarely seldom on ramp on dynamite or rampage um and they made her the number one contender uh and she has the match with brit and then from there it's it's done you, it, if you watch uh dynamite the week after she made a a title defense you wouldn't be able to tell who she defended against because they never mention it and they just move on to the next again monster of the week and i think i think people are just tired of seeing brit in this holding pattern and hopefully the next women's champion who i assume is going to be thunder rosa uh, i i'm very confident in that pick but i hope Hopefully, the next women's champion, whoever it may be, gets some actual storylines with a lot of meat on the bone, the way the men's division gets. And every, in almost every match, there's rarely matches where there's no uh, structure or storyline involved in the past. And these women are just kind of getting the short end of the stick on that.
0: And I feel like they're trying to tell a certain story with Rio and Britt Baker. Like Rio's the one that Britt Baker could not beat, fair and square. And she was the one that she Rio had her number right. And I, the announcers were leaning into that a little bit, but I wasn't seeing that translate in the ring because it was kind of the same Britt Baker match. Um, Britt Baker's best work has been with Thunder Rosa. And so when that match eventually happens, and it sounds like they're going to kick it off because Thunder Rosa on Twitter was saying that, hey, she's been screwing her out for a little bit. Now it's time to start hunting for some gold. And I feel like they're about to start kicking off that match for Revolution between Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. So... That I feel like if you want to showcase the women and the talent and the story, like in terms of like a Hangman, thump, Hangman and Kenny sort of s storyline where it's long term booking, that is the very that is the most believable match you could do at that point. So I think that's the that's the next play for the women's division. Um, I'm right there with you. Yeah, Tony Khan, you know, book that match. <laughs> it's gonna happen, man. It's gonna happen. And no Cody one Con, just, uh, just
1: book the women's division a little bit better, please. And thank you.
0: I think you're doing this. I think you're doing fine, lonely, you know, so far. You're just still for improvement, you know. Overall, the product's better, product's great. I love it. Okay,
1: <laughs> yeah, stop being a middleman, man. Take a stand.
0: Uh, you know, instead of taking a stand, how about you? How about I ask if you how about I tell you you're gonna get a taste? I might give <laughs> you a taste. Moving hey, uh, on to our next match, we got. Eddie Kingston and Proud and Powerful versus Two and Daniel Garcia and Eddie Kingston and Proud and Power got a face. They got a face.
1: They also, ah. pick, they also picked up a big W. Finally.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so take us uh,
1: into this match because I didn't get to see Rampage. It you know, you know how street fights go with AEW, especially. You know, there's chaos everywhere. Uh, a lot of fun spots in this match. Uh, God, I I, I believe uh, everything when Eddie Kingston and Daniel Garcia start going at it, I believe all those punches, a uh, lot of hostility. Um, they they do set up, uh, it was proud and powerful that hit their finisher on two, on uh, one of the members of 2.0. I can't, their names escape me because I have so many things going on. I got, I got fog brain today. I'm dead, but uh, proud and powerful pick up the win over 2.0. And after the match, Daniel Garcia gets back in, starts beating up on everybody. Um, I, I guess they're moving on to Chris Jericho being more involved in the storyline because um Daniel Garcia started taping Eddie to the ropes. They were gonna hit him with the ring bell again like last week on Dynamite, and Chris Jericho comes down from the commentary table to make the save. Um, with an awful Steven Seagal die job, dude. Oh my god, that man is too old to be dying his hair jet like like Tar Brown. Uh but anyway, I don't I don't know where the storyline's gonna go from here. Um, Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston showing they have that uneasy alliance still. Uh, Eddie only trusting a handful of people and Proud and Powerful and the Lucha Brothers and John Moxley. So um, I don't know where this goes. I don't know what Chris Jericho is going to do. Um, I could honestly go with seeing less of Chris Jericho as he's starting to slowly wind down in his career. But who knows? We'll see where it yeah. goes. Maybe I'm just being too pessimistic.
0: No, no, no. I, I love Chris Jericho to death. And, you know, he's great. And his first three years of AEW were probably some of the best he's done in his career. Oh, that's How- a tutty, baby! However, hold up. You're interrupting me. You're interrupting my freaking promo. Because I'm against some serious shit here. Uh, I do feel like AEW doesn't need Jericho anymore. They don't need a star power. And they, they don't need him in a ring. Not to say they don't need a backstage and doing stuff here and there. If he wants to come off for one-off appearance, it's cool. But... In terms of the days of Chris Jericho, uh, I think getting TV time or getting in a title picture or stuff like that should be more far and few between because, you know, he's had the twilight of his career. I think there's other up-and-coming talent that I would want to see more than Chris Jericho, and I think he did what he needed to do, which was help establish uh, AEW as a legitimate brand and bring the legitimacy to it. And he's had some of the best work of his career and stuff, but You know, I I honestly think Inner Circle should have broken up back, I think, in All Out or whenever they had that match with MJF um, and the Pinnacle. And I I, I think that people attached to Inner Circle should start to do their own thing. If they want to break him up amicably, that's cool. If they don't, I could kind of see where they would go, where, like, Eddie Kingston is basically calling out Jericho for who he is. He was just using talent, like, you know, uh, Proud and Powerful and stuff to, you know, help him. And everything like that, but I, I kind of don't. I, I kind of hope they don't go that way. Um, you know, I kind of hope they just Eddie, they just use Eddie, Eddie Kingston to kind of do a coming to Jesus talk with Chris Jericho, and you know, they have a match and you know, they go from there. But I uh, do think Chris Jericho is, you know, out the gate that we need to make in terms of like, we need your star power, we need you to be here, we need you to be that. I think Chris Jericho could start winding off the gas and doesn't need to be competitor full-time anymore like maybe part-timer and if wwe gets him in the hall of fame for next year do that too you know go go ralph right into the sunset and enjoy your retirement and come off for one-off appearances and if you want a backstage role at aw it's yours but I, I don't i don't think he needs to be 53 54 having main event matches anymore you know that's just yeah
1: all that va- all valid look man look at you taking a stand for something this episode
0: Shut up, dude. <laughs> if I, if I, if I, if I, there's something I want to say, I'll say it. I just, you know, I'll just be like, hey, you know, I don't agree, but whatever. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna discount you. I'm not gonna validate what you're saying.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I won't beat a dead horse anymore, but I'm right there with you. It, it felt weird when. They had to actually announce, like, you know, Inner Circle is back when they were going to take on American Top Team. So Mm -hmm. I think he should have died off before then. But, I mean, let's see how much he's waning into the last, you know, hurrah of his career at this point.
0: Yeah, I think it's hurting the people of uh, Inner Circle more than it's helping at this point. Like, it 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 did what it it needed to do, but now I think it's overstated. its welcome a little bit and starting to get to that point. Yeah,
1: I think it's lowering everyone's ceiling involved.
0: Mm Hmm. So I agree. But again,
1: we'll 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 see where it goes from there. Uh, Maybe maybe Eddie will be the one to put the nail in the coffin for Chris Jericho's career. Who knows how they'll take it?
0: But yeah. Anyway, you want to talk about you know want to talk about the last AW thing they had this weekend the the battle of belts.
1: Oh, we're right there, aren't we? We're right at the end. Whoo! Yeah, mm-hmm. so, uh, man, AEW had a uh, special on TBS. Or was it TNT? It was TBS. No, it, it was, was TNT. On TNT. Was it? it was on TNT, okay. you mark. Oh, man, listen, it's been a long week, okay? I'm I'm still a little drunk on steak I had last night. At- it was a perfect medium rare 135 degrees internal temperature rest for five to eight minutes, baby. Oh, I got to kick you up a steak when you get up here one day. Anyway, yeah, remember, AEW Battle of the Belts. Yeah. Ready What'd you say? Talking shit? I said I'm ready for the stock. I'm ready for the stock. I'm oh, the okay. I, I thought you said you're whoa, whoa. ready for the sock. I was gonna say, God, dude. Come what? on. <laughs> give credit. What anyway, anyway. Sammy Guevara took on Dustin Rhodes as Cody Rhodes wasn't medically clear to compete, which I believe is COVID, but they just weren't announcing it. Cody Rhodes earlier in the day said, please get tested and get your vaccinations, it's important. So kind of alluding to that he may have uh, come into contact and contracted COVID nineteen. Um god do i hate do i hate everything about this because this was so unnecessary if cody just was not booked to win the belt last week um they had an interim title match um with the winner uh going to uh face cody when cody is actually clear to compete due to medical reasons again um dustin dustin kept up dustin looked really good against sammy dustin hits a canadian destroyer to sammy on a table to the outside of the ring that was fucking nuts um sammy gets hit with two crossroads and a tiger driver uh a la cody Rhodes by dustin and kicks out this time uh before he hits the but he before he hits his finisher moon the gth so uh sammy does win uh retains or wins the interim tnt title who knows how long uh, Cody Rhodes will be out on the shelf? Uh, because right after the match, uh, Daniel Garcia charged the ring, got in Sammy's face, words were exchanged, slaps were taken. Um, and this set up uh, the announcement that next week on Dynamite, um, Sammy Guevara will defend the interim TNT title against Daniel Garcia in, I believe, Daniel Garcia's first title match in AEW.
0: Excited for that match, man. I really am um normally aw doesn't do the back and forth t- with the title belt and stuff like that but i understand why they had to do that um without losing the prestige and oh, man dude uh dan garcia having a hell of a run right now man and i hope with the next two or three years they start pulling the trigger on him like they do or what like they're doing with sammy right now i'm pretty sure sammy's gonna lose that title belt to cody <laughs> at some point right
1: i mean of course i mean yeah. god uh, this we always talk about fucking coding this goddamn show and I hate it. But I mean Cody's
0: three D Cody's baby. gonna win. 3D what chess. was that? Three D chess.
1: Shut up. We're not getting into this again. I, I re-listened <laughs> nah, nah, to the nah, old nah. episode last week and I just fucking yelled at you about this. Yeah, I, I,
0: did you yeah, you listen to how much you got worked?
1: Shut up. Oh how my god, there's no working.
0: No, you're getting you got work, baby.
1: Shut up.
0: You got up. work, shut dude. Nah, no, 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 man. You got work. Cody co- Cody right now is not doing work. He's, he's got, he legit got COVID. But when he comes back and he takes that towel from Sammy, you're going to be upsetty because it's good booking. And you're going to be like, oh, so mad, all upset. And I'm going to be like, dude, you got worked. And you're like, no, you didn't get worked. And I was like, you see how you're getting mad right now? You got worked.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, God, I didn't want to talk about this. But how am I getting worked? Tell me exactly how I'm getting worked.
0: Because you can't tell the difference between you're not getting worked and getting worked. So you're getting worked. Cody's got you in the palm of your hands. He's getting how you exactly is Cody,
1: to do how is Cody getting working.
0: you to do exactly what he wants you to do, which is complain and groan that you see Cody and you're just like, it's no good booking. I just don't care. And well, that's what Cody wants you to do. Just get a reaction so, out of it.
1: So you think Cody wants me to be bored by Cody? That's what you think? I think
0: you think don't want think to react Cody I think wants wants, me to hate him. I think well, I think he wants a reaction out of you, Ryan. He's getting a reaction out of you listen here you're not you're not bored by you're not bored by cody Rose. no i, de- no, I definitely cody, am bored no you're not bored because every time we talk about him you're upset you're pissed you're eh, you're
1: eh, <laughs> because you're over here saying that i'm mad about cody when i'm just bored with this story because it's so generic no, you're, and it's you're bad.
0: mad you're mad you've been mad <laughs> that's why you got mad on the last episode because you're getting worked and you don't want to admit it because admitting it will work destroys your whole, your destroys your whole world. Cody
1: Rhodes wants me to be mad with him. No, he wants no, me to no, be upset no, no, no. You're, you're because he's worked. the heel. You're Getting worked. If I was getting worked, I would be mad because I would be so invested that he's not turning heel like every other fucking mark on on squared circle. Okay? you want to you,
0: you know how he got mad? Listen to the last episode.
1: Oh my god, don't do this. Don't put a fucking. You can't do it. This is copyright, I think. You can't do this.
0: That's <laughs> all you. I know. You got work.
1: No. You got work. All I know is that me personally am bored with the storyline. And I'm mad at the fact that Cody wants us to be so invested in this as if he's doing something that the wrestling world has never seen before. Every time Cody's in the ring, I'm very bored. I always need to have the other person he's working with be my main interest point. And I was with Sammy because Sammy gave him the middle finger, slapped him, called him a bitch, you know. Uh I I I'm invested in every rivalry Cody's in because of the other person, never because of Cody. I loved Cody when he had the NWA title, just like his daddy back in the Ring of Honor when he was in the Bullet Club. Again, some of the best Cody work ever. But everything he's done in AEW has been so underwhelming and so fucking downright boring that I can't get invested in any of the Codyverse stuff. And again, it's the Codyverse because he had no interaction with the like everything else that was happening in AEW. It was dumb, boring, stupid. Let's move on. Cody's gonna win the eventual unification. I'm done
0: getting worked. I was getting tired. Listening. You Listen, you complaining about how much you getting worked.
1: Ricky Starks versus Matt Seidel for the FTW World Title.
0: chow versus Cody for how much this one amazing game worked.
1: Oh my god, I'm so over this. I'm so over. Th- one of the best parts of the last episode is when uh, you, you were. I guess you you were waiting. I I will fucking leave this podcast
0: <laughs> now, you God, you're best. so
1: annoying. I hate this. You like Ricky Starks. <laughs> I love Ricky Starks. Ah! <laughs> oh, I'm, done. <laughs> I'm uh, done. I'm done. <laughs> Houston just scored. Touchdown. I'm done. <laughs> God, I'm glad you lost in your fucking fantasy leagues. You fuck.
0: <laughs> yeah, you so bad.
1: Fuck you. I'm fuck this. <laughs> <in your> <laughs> okay. 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 Let's
0: get through this. Let's get
1: through. Ricky Starks defended the FTW against Matt Seidel. Ah, uh, really good match. Uh, I, I do. This made me kind of reinforce my thinking that Starks is still. He was still a little more hurt than he led on when he finally made his return. But I think they're they're easing his way back in, and uh, hopefully we get some more stellar matches from Ricky Starks because he's got future TNT title champion written all over him. This is a podcast. This is the part where you start talking about something.
0: Oh, dude, dude, I, I just. Lost my train of thought for a second because I'm watching the, 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 the games. Jack, the yeah. Steelers are probably the chicken against the Super Bowl. By the way, I love Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks has future champion all over him. I kind of wish Sidell was getting more thrown at him besides just the game. I feel like he's AW's Dolph Ziggler.
1: Oh, fuck. I don't wow, mean to man. say that in a bad way. It's just
0: like, you know, I, I want to see more out of him. And I think he can do more. But I think he knows his role in the company, and that's how TK sees him. But teach your own. But anyway, Steelers are up thirteen to ten with like two forty-eight left. I think they just scored a touchdown. Wow! Lions just blew lead against yeah, the Packers, yeah. and the the they're, Colts they're... are getting their destroyed by uh, the, the Jacksonville.
1: Well, they—I mean they, the yeah, the yeah—the Lions are leading right now, thirty-four thirty. Wild, wild times. This is some chaos. It's Happening, Jesus!
0: Damn, Big Ben's gonna be hobbling his way into the Super Bowl,
1: Jesus! Gonna have his fucking crutches, walker, again out to the field. Let, let's 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 rain this on home. We're right at the end, last match to talk about. You ready?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Britt Breaker versus Riho. I'm uh talking, didn't we
0: talk about that match?
1: Oh no, they had a tag team match on Rampage going into this match for the time. Oh, I I I
0: didn't see that match. I didn't watch. I You're didn't not fucking paying
1: attention, is what it sounds like. I
0: didn't get. I get. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch Rampage. I told you this.
1: God, here I am being the professional. I had all the notes written had everything. Meet me halfway, bud.
0: No, uh, I am meeting you halfway. You just, it, all, all this got thrown out of whack when you couldn't make You got work. And now Shut my up. brain cells are dying. Shut up. I had to listen to you complain about how you're not getting worked, but you're getting worked. Oh, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're such a fuck. <laughs> Damn it, man. This is officially off the rails. You are out of control. Okay? You're out of control. You're out of control. You're out of control. I'm stopping this right now. You're out of control. Ring it on home. All right. Brit Baker defended her title
1: in the main event of Battle of the Belts against Riho. Uh I think this might have been the best match any of them had with each other. Um again, like Nathan said earlier, they try and hammer the storyline that uh Rio has Brit's number, but Brit controlled most of this match. Um, there were some seeds planted for dissension against Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker. A lot of moments where they got into each other's faces, miscommunicated, but uh, it ended uh, with... Uh, what's her name? Oh, fuck. Oh, I look... Uh, Rebel. Rebel was giving uh, Britt the title. Jamie Hader yanked it out of Rebel's hands and gave it to Britt herself. Uh, so if that's not on the nose, I don't know what else is, but... I think they're slowly gonna move to, again to Jamie Hader turning face, breaking away from Britt, thus raising her ceiling because she is, I honestly think ten times the wrestler that. Oh my God, the Lions just. Oh, they just intercepted. Uh, I think Jamie Hader is ten, maybe fifteen times the wrestler that Britt Baker is.
0: I think Jamie Hader doesn't have the charisma yet, but she's definitely really a lot more sound and the matches she puts on her bangers, man. Like she's, she's got she's got more of
1: a presence than Brit, I think, in ring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. So we'll see. We'll <laughs> see where that goes going into the going into the, the in the future here.
0: Anyway, man, this is, this is a lot happening, dude. The Steelers, the Steelers are going to the Super Bowl. Jesus, I can't believe
1: I can't believe the Lions are gonna beat the Packers going into the off into the postseason,
0: dude. The the Detroit Lions, man. They're unstoppable right now, OK? We, this is like the the NBA Bubble Suns. They didn't get into the playoffs. Hey, not, is, uh, nothing says, this this bubble, says unbeatable the, the, the like true. a
1: record of two thirteen and one
0: The Bubble Detroit. Yeah, you better fear that record, baby. They're taking on Bama right now and take that natty. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> take that natty. Because what?
1: Green Bay's number one. Are they going to move down in number two seat if they lose here?
0: No, no. I think Green Bay's already locked in the number one seed. Okay. Uh, oh, God. You're going to make me look at the standings right now, man. This is this is like <laughs> a two-hour episode of off the rails of Cal losing control. Uh, let me oh, see. Shut the Standings. Was... Okay. I'm working on the like, So the Rams are one game behind the Packers. The Buccaneers are one game behind the Packers. Cowboys, they can't they can't possibly catch up. So it's on between the Rams and Bucks. But the Bucks played already, right? Uh, and the Rams played already? May,
1: no, Rams played a, no. The, the Rams played a night no.
0: Okay, so the Rams played a night. Okay. The Bucks and Rams play today. So if Green Bay loses, they could potentially lose the first seed, I think. If I'm am if I'm if I'm mistaken here. Because they'll be tied with the Rams and Bucks, but then I think it'd go down to th- divisions or whatever and stuff. So I'm not too yeah. sure how that's gonna happen. Oh, God, Tom Brady in the second round already. Jesus
1: Christ. God, we really um, moved away from wrestling huh
0: stop yeah yeah you know this this is just an off the rails episode anyway let's let's wrap it up Kyle let's wrap it up Uh,
1: yeah you sent us on home I did the intro this week
0: oh yeah you're right you're right all right well anyway guys me and Kyle are just off the rails here he got worked and he sent this podcast in the spiral he's not gonna admit it this is gonna be a long-term I'll story kill you. by the way this is gonna be a long-term story by the way trying to, when, when Kyle finally admits that he's been worked Mark my words, it's it's going to be a joyous occasion, and I'm going to meme on him all podcasts. We're not, that podcast episode is going to stop right then and there because I'm just going to meme on him for the rest of the day. We're not even going to have an episode to like, present, to cover everything, because I'm just going to destroy this man when he finally admits that he got worked. That's going to be glorious for me. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for joining us again on another edition of this Missing podcast. the Marks. As always, I'm Nathan, joined by our co-host, Kyle. Kyle's I hate this very, podcast. very upsetty that he got worked by Cody Rhodes again for another week, but it's okay. He'll see the light soon, and someday he will learn. Um, we want to thank you for uh, listening to us. As always, try to rate us five stars before we entertain you. We hope we make your Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, any day of the week enjoyable by allowing us into your speakers and into your ears and into your hearts I hate and this minds podcast. Uh, for us to listen to, for you to listen to us, whatever. <laughs> uh, Kyle needs a shot because I'm trying to You're fumbling it. Fumbling yeah. it. Shut up. Okay, you know I'm not the I'm not the Broncos fumbling when they're about to win. Okay, <laughs> against the Chiefs yesterday. Anyway, uh, as always, you can find us on Spotify, interviews on YouTube, and all other podcasting services. Uh, Google Plus or no Google Plus, Google Play app podcast. You know all that fun stuff. Um, we'll be back again next week for another episode. Uh, Kyle, do you got anything else you want to say to, to the happy folks out there?
1: I appreciate every single one of you listening to us, uh, giving us your time of day. Uh, I hate Nathan and his pro Cody Rhodes agenda. Uh, go get vaccinated, please. Uh, Motion City Soundtrack just postponed their tour, and I'm very, very sad about that. Uh, go, go, be apps, nice yeah, to each so other.
0: We'll see how that happens.
1: Oh, I know. Go be nice to each other, ladies and gentlemen. Go get vaccinated. Wear your masks. Stay safe, please.
0: Yeah, just you know, do do what he said. And have a wonderful week. Thank you, everybody. Uh, Bye.
1: Bye.